Welcome to a new episode of the Superpowered Fancast. This is Darren. In 1999, Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis released the first film in a four-part sci-fi epic titled The Matrix, starring Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, and more. The original film was a sci-fi masterpiece that introduced some amazing special effects, action, and more importantly, concepts of control, reality, and purpose that I know I hadn't seen in science fiction and films from that time. Now one of the best things about science fiction is that you can conceptually speak to everyone and everyone can find things within it that speak to them, their ideals and experiences. The best science fiction and entertainment will always have layers that allow you to look deeper. Considering the film is about looking beneath the surface of the world you live in and questioning its reality, The Matrix is perfect for examining one's personal self as well as the society they are born into. That self-examination led me to wonder about what other allegories could one find in The Matrix films, especially allegories about change. Now when Lana and Lily Wachowski came out as trans in 2008 and 2016, I started to examine how the themes within The Matrix could be linked to the director's personal journey. So when the opportunity to speak to writer Tilly Bridges, a trans woman who has produced several award-winning audio dramas through their production company, Pennant Productions, many of whom have cracked the Apple Podcast Top 60 scripted sci-fi shows of all time, I couldn't pass it up. Now, Tilly and her wife Susan are also writing for the animated series Monster High, as well as the Star Trek Adventures and Fallout role-playing games. Now, Tilly has brought her unique perspective on the Matrix films together in a new book, Begin Transmission, The Trans Allegories of the Matrix. Begin Transmission is a wonderfully thought-provoking and detailed analysis of the four Matrix films and the trans allegories at the heart of the story. She parallels many of those allegories to themes within the trans community as well as her personal life and provided me with a way of looking at the films through a completely different lens and level of understanding. A level of understanding that will allow you to do one of the first things Morpheus wants Neo to do. Free your mind. So without further ado, here is my interview with author Tilly Bridges. Um, thank you uh, very much, uh, Tilly Bridges, for, for being on the, on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I really did enjoy reading uh, Begin Transmission. And then what I wanted to, to, to say, first of all, is that actually this opportunity was really uh, interesting for me because I had been talking to a friend of mine recently about uh, about the films. We didn't go into like a, a deep dive into uh, trans allegories within it, but we started talking about like the character switch and then that kind of like um, uh, snowballed the conversation into the uh, into uh, uh, allegories and other meanings behind the film itself, especially given uh, the, the Wachowskis, um, yeah. the trans. So I just kind of to, and I know you, you've talked about this in, in your introduction to the book, but, but what do you, why do you think The Matrix has been so embraced by the trans community? I think because, um, you know, it's interesting because even before I knew that I was trans. And before I knew that the Wachowskis were trans, before anyone knew that they were, I connected with these movies on a really like fundamental level that I didn't understand for a long time. I'm just like, I really love these movies. And there's touching something inside of me that I can't explain. 
but I thought I was just, you know, a fan because I love sci-fi and I love action movies. Right. Uh, but it it's it's so much more than that. It's it speaks to these fundamental truths about trans existence. And so I think even when you don't know you're trans, or maybe you didn't even know the Wachowskis were trans, or you didn't know that there was this allegory within all of their films, um, you connect with it because it's the themes about our lives and what we go through and what it's like to be us. And it, and it's in a way that like no other media has really gotten close to. And so I think, you know, you you can identify with that even if you don't have the words for it or even if you don't know um you know that it was intended to be that way and it's just i was really surprised when taking my notes on the films and and writing everything how really really specific to the trans experience it was in so many different ways and so i think it's just that you know a lot of trans people picked up on that uh even if it was subconsciously uh we we could tell it was there and it was saying things to us and about us and for us that almost nothing else does right and it um especially uh, well i can't say especially but just for uh for me um not being trans i did uh watching the films always get a sense that the story was about something more than just breaking out of uh you know breaking out of the the the, the, the sci-fi element of it it always did kind yeah. of feel like a story about uh acceptance and transformation and becoming the person that you were meant to be not the person that control or society was trying to tell you that you should be so right. i so i definitely looked at it along those lines i mean i, I you know and any good uh, story especially science fiction is going to allow you to kind of look at things from many from your personal lens or see things that uh see things that are deeper than then I guess some others. So I would kind of ask, like, just along those lines, like, do you have uh, an opinion right now on the current state of like media literacy and analysis? Like, what do you like? Because you you go really, um, not do you, you take a really deep dive into all of the films and the Animatrix. So like, do you feel that that's something that uh, we should all be doing, or we're not doing enough of, or when we're uh, you just consuming uh, entertainment? That's a really good question. Um, you know, I have found recently um, when I, I originally wrote these as like social media threads, right? Uh, I didn't intend for it to be a book. And so they've been out there for a while in that form and they've been revised and updated and expanded on for the book. But the response to um, those threads was really fascinating because I still have people who will reply to me and say, I don't know what an allegory is. Or when I say that there are uh, that the characters around Neo represent different parts of his psyche, they don't they they cannot like understand what that means. I'm like, well, well, Morpheus is his subconscious. So when they're interacting, that's him interacting with his own subconscious wants and desires and how that all and they they just like can't grasp it. So right. I think there is and and it's not that's not like a knock against them. I feel like there's um there's some kind of a uh, change going on like in our educational system where i feel like there is a, a lack of uh critical thinking 
in regards to media and art and and being able to understand things on more than a surface level. So I um I definitely think that 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 is happening in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't think our art has changed because I still find you can find all kinds of great allegories and metaphor in all kinds of, you know, modern shows and movies that are that are coming out, but there is a portion of the population that I think has not been taught the tools of how to examine things on a deeper level. And so I think, um, you know, it's a common thing for us all to do on our own. But if you're not given even the basics of how to do that, uh, it's like this, it's almost like like seeing a foreign language language without being taught how to read it, right? You don't know what it means at all. You can't, you can't comprehend it on its most basic levels. So I have run into a little bit of that. And it's very uh, concerning. <laughs> it, it doesn't say great things about the state of uh, education in our country right now. Yeah, I can, uh, I can definitely agree. I mean, and, and, and again, it's not to say that you can't just enjoy something as you see it. Right. Yeah. But there are maybe you can't discount someone who sees something more especially when they're looking at it from uh, from a personal lens or even from a, a from an allegorical lens or even from a lens of you know of being a, a writer like yourself and, and being able to see and c- being able to see things on a, on a deeper level than that so I think that's one of the things that because I've talked about um, I've talked about your book with with friends of mine and other uh, colleagues and and I've told them to just kind of to 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 read it because um, even though you you love the film there's and you know we have deep conversations about it just as you know just as geeks just as sci-fi geek. yeah but there are always you know other things that you can uh, you can discover in literature so uh, just even along those lines I would just uh, it's kind of a lighter question I was gonna ask it's just like. How many times did you watch all of these films? And did you watch them like back to back, or did you have to like take a whole day and just like you know, okay, this this is just Matrix. This day is just Matrix. This day is just Revolutions. This day is just this. Um, yeah. So I initially did them all uh, kind of spaced out, but each film I probably had to spend like eight to ten hours watching just that movie because I'd have to pause it so many times to take notes and uh, to look up something that I I was maybe curious about but didn't feel like I had a good enough understanding of. And so um, if you've never watched the same movie only one time through for eight to ten hours, it's a very strange experience. Um, Yeah. And then, it, it, you know, it was my head was buried in it for so much longer because then I'd have to take all those notes and turn it into like coherent thoughts. And then I'd have to take those thoughts and break it up for uh, posting on social media and then later recombine it, those thoughts back together and revise them for the book. So uh, right. I've been, you know, so deep in it for so long. Um, you know, I, I, I've told people that and it's not just because of how much time I've spent on them working on on the book and the allegories, but I can't see them even as surface level sci-fi movies anymore. Like people will come up to me and they'll be like, well, what do you think this means about how the machines found Zion or something? And I'm like, I don't care. I just, I just don't care at all. Right. Cause the, the allegory is so brilliantly done and so amazing that I can't see it any other way now. It's, it's, that's like its main point and it's all that I see. So um, it is, completely changed the way that I see them. And I think that's that's true for a lot of people. I think once you can see and get some handle on the allegory underneath, uh, they become entirely different movies and you can never really see them the same way again. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and again, along along those lines, just because you you had to um, watch the film so many times and you had to take yeah. uh, uh, notes on them. Uh, have you? I mean, have you watched them recently? And if you've watched any of them recently, have was there anything that you saw that you that you missed the first few times around? Oh yeah, absolutely. When I was um, taking the original versions and uh, recombining them to uh, the book and expanding on things, I would. You know, like I want to see this this uh, bit again. I want to see this frame again to be sure I'm I'm not missing something. And I would catch things that I had missed. And you know, I even mentioned uh, originally when I posted them on social media that I'm not mentioning every single thing because I would never be able to stop. There was so yeah. much I was leaving out some of the the little things. But even still, I found more really amazing, brilliant little things layered in there that I had missed, you know, the times before. So um, I, I'm not sure when I will finally stop finding new things in it to be amazed by, but uh, it's it's pretty, you, you know, a piece of art is always really good when every time you revisit it, you're learning something new from right. it, right? There's like, there's so much in there. So I, I love art that does that. And these films absolutely, absolutely do. Yeah. And Beyond the, the the allegorical instances in the film, um, like I said, my first kind of um, and I've I've watched the films multiple times over the years since they came out. I wouldn't saw them in, in the theaters. I was a, uh, was and still am a huge uh, Matrix fan, but I always thought about and just kind of going into one specific character. I always did kind of think about it. I know it's it, it, it's about Neo's journey, but I did always kind of think about the fact that. The character switch was supposed to be trans in the uh, in the in the films, and then I, I yeah. you know read online that you know the character was supposed to be you know uh, one way in the uh, one ge- one I guess one gender identity in the Matrix, and then an, another uh, outside of it. And I just kind of uh, wonder, like, was that? And I guess I, you you can't speak for. Uh, for the whole trans community, but um, how did that make you feel? I think when you found when you found that out, because to me it was like that would add that would be such an interesting storyline to follow in and of itself. And then it, it was so tragic to me just just that last uh, line that Switch has, which is you know not like this. And I just yeah, um, yeah and it just always uh, kind of resonated with that. I wanted more from the character itself. So just kind of, like, how did you feel about um, that from uh, from your perspective? Yeah, well, I I love Switch and I love what they wanted to do with her, but uh, it, it makes me mad because, you know, these were, I mean, they weren't out as trans at the time. Nobody knew and nobody knew these were uh, very trans movies or they would have never been made. Right. But it, it's so frustrating because, you know, trans people aren't, really allowed past the gatekeepers in, in most of the time in Hollywood to, to get our stories told. And there are trans people, you know, that are uh, about to sell a TV show and they get told that, you know, they're not going to buy it if you don't change your trans lead character to a cis person because they don't think it will reach a, you know, wide audience or whatever. And that happens to us so many times. And you can even see, um, you know, we'll never know the reason for this or why it happened because we don't know all the b- behind the scenes info. But even in Resurrections, when it came out 20 years later, it's, you know, 2021, Lana Wachowski has been out as trans for 20 years and 
she's you know got all of this uh sort of cachet in hollywood she's really well respected and she made this movie and could not make it surface level trans and there's only one trans actor in it that you don't know is trans and he only has like two lines and that's so frustrating to me because these are the you know like the transiest thing out there the they're the the only franchise trans people have and we're not even allowed to be seen on screen in our own own stories and that's so uh hard to deal with and you know i mean i don't i don't know about the uh actor that played switch i don't want to make assumptions that they are cis they might not be but um it it was it's you know they they weren't even allowed to have a character played by possibly a cis actor be that in a fictional story in a fictional way and that's so so frustrating i mean they, they still tried to to sneak it in kind of if you, if you look at switch i talk about this in the book a few times in one scene um it looks like she's wearing a binder under right. her suit blazer and a binder is something that uh trans men use to tamp down the breasts so that they don't see them and they don't feel as dys- dysphoric and they have a more uh male appearance with a flatter chest and then there's another scene where under her blazer she's just wearing a uh a a shirt that looks like it's a solid nude it almost matches her skin almost like you would believe that she was uh you know like bare chested under there as as a man might be so i i love that they tried to do as much with it as they could but it's it's really frustrating that even people you know with um the kind of uh respect and uh power that the wachowskis have still can't get you know a lot of surface level trans stuff out there so um it's tough i mean like you know lana wachowski also did sensate and that had a surface level trans woman uh who had her own uh very trans story as part of the show and that was really great but you know a uh uh a sci-fi show on Netflix that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of isn't the same as a Matrix movie that has much more, um, right. you know, cultural uh, understanding and knowledge. So it's it's really frustrating. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough thing when you don't get to see yourself represented hardly ever. You know, and then on the occasion you're like, hey, look, a trans person, and then they immediately become the victim of violence or are the butt of a joke. And so it's it's really tough. Yeah, I can I can definitely uh, understand that. I mean, uh, it, it it would have to be frustrating to, you know, go to be entertained and know that the only way your way your story can be told is allegorically. Like it's, yeah. it's something that has to be uh, inferred, or uh, it can't just be uh, be out there to be con- to be consumed or rejected, or you know. Um, so yeah, I can I can definitely understand that. Um, do you look at um, other media? Well, uh, you would have to look at other media with kind of this the the same the same lens. And you said they did. Sure. Um, so and, and I don't want to you know kind of uh, make just kind of uh, add to the to the frustration, but you would have to. But are there other um, things in entertainment that you see that that might be shifting in a in a more positive direction for the trans community or or is it still uh just that or st- are you still looking for um well i know everyone's still looking for more uh, representation but are you yeah. seeing any are you seeing any more in any size in entertainment right now of things sh- uh, moving towards the the positive even small 
things. Um, yeah, there there is some. It does happen occasionally. There was um, a show that was on Peacock called, uh, it was the Queerest Folk um, sort of um, reboot. Mm-hmm. It only got one season, though, but it was show run by a trans woman who actually wrote the um, forward to my book, Jacqueline Moore. Right. Uh, and it featured a, a trans woman character, and she had a really good, really uh, very trans story throughout the season that and i got to see parts of my life experience on screen surface level in a way that i hadn't before and so that's really great and it meant a lot to me but when there's um a very troubling trend where queer shows get canceled all the time just last year we lost like four of the queerest shows that were out there right now and so that's really troubling um because you know we get something and then if the representation is is good, if we're lucky enough for that, then it gets taken away from us. So that's the the really frustrating part. Um, you know, there there's like uh, there's indie stuff that's being done and made by trans people about trans stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we also we need that more mainstream representation. All all marginalized communities do because it's what uh, changes the minds of people who don't know any right like mm-hmm. like my favorite example of that is is the um the show modern family which presented a uh, cis gay male couple in just a normal loving relationship as two people would be and there were studies done and articles about how it changed the perception in this country about marriage equality and that it made a big difference in that actually getting to the supreme court and getting changed and so art has this power when we're allowed to see people who are different from us and and understand their experiences and say hey i I kind of understand what that's like even if i don't understand the specifics and they're human just like us and they deserve the same rights and freedoms as everyone else so it's you know it's so so important and it it gets a little a little better but then you know, there's still just as much that is harmful and uh, really bad representation that that harms the community. It harms the way we're perceived. And um, last year, I did a whole uh, essay about uh, the trans representation and everything that I saw in 2022, and uh, it was not good. I mean, there there were some good examples, even some of them though, where you're like, this was a really good thing but because they didn't have any trans people involved they accidentally ended up implying things that are harmful to the community um, which is what happens when our our voices and stories are taken away from us when you don't have our you have to let us tell those stories right or have us involved in them somehow so yeah it's i mean it's, it's better because like if you think about in the 90s there were zero trans people anywhere on screen and we were all it was all bad representation and now there is some good uh, but it is still so, so, so low and rare. Um, so I, I guess it's it's a super baby step forward, but there's there's still a long way to go. Right. And in back to to your book, Begin Transmission, um, what would you like uh, readers to, I mean, besides um, the, the deep dive into the trans allegories of the matrix, what would you like uh, readers to, to get from, from the book itself? I think mostly it's just that I want, I, I'm i only an, an interpreter, right? This is all about the Wachowskis' work and what they did, and they're the geniuses. I'm just sort of your guide through the mountains. Right. And so if there's anything that uh, I want people to take away from it is to just understand the, the heart, 
that the Wachowskis have and that they put into this work and what what they want for all of us. Because the, these books, while they are very specifically trans, they also have a lot to say about us, cisgender people. Mm-hmm. And, and they have a lot to say about how people who are different can learn to accept each other and work together and find a better future by moving forward together. And, right. you know, they, they very specifically are about what we owe to each other as our fellow humans. And they're about uh, choosing not to hate people. And so there's, there's so many really great, beautiful lessons in there that I think most of society really, really needs to hear. So if anything, I hope people uh, can take a little bit away about that. Well, I, I certainly did. And I, especially after reading a book and, and rewatching the films and seeing the, the allegories in action and realizing that I can still enjoy the things that I loved about the films as I, as I watched them, but also be able to see them on a deeper level. Um, it, yeah. One never took away from the other. In fact, right. in fact, they both enhanced the other during the experience. So I want to thank you for that, actually. Oh, thank you. That's that's so kind. And you know what? I think that's that's absolutely true because not only are they great sci-fi action movies and not only do they have this amazing trans allegory, but they have a lot to say about so many other things, right? There's right. a whole, like, they have so much to say about capitalism and trauma <laughs> and, and... True freedom. And, and true freedom and religion and, and spirituality. There's so mm-hmm. much layered in there. So um, we can all take so much away from them and, and none of it takes away from any of the others, you know? And yeah. uh, I, one of the things that always, um, I think it upsets a lot of the people who get upset when you talk about the trans allegories is because they identify deeply with parts of this movie because trans stories are human stories and they are humans. And so they're going to identify with parts of it, but yeah. they don't feel that they're trans or maybe they're they're scared that they might be. And so they think I can't identify with something if it is trans so I got to push back against it. And that's so not true, right? We can, I, right. I'm not religious, but I can, under, I can totally, uh, you know, see that there is this religious uh, spirituality uh, undercurrent through these movies. And they have something very important to say about that as well. And that doesn't take mm-hmm. away from the trans allegory for me at all. So it's, yeah. you know, it's, we have to just keep an open mind about all of these things when you're, especially when you're approaching something from uh, the perspective of people who are different from you, right? It's It's about understanding and not, not trying to say no, no, no. It's only my way. Yeah, and I've, 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 I've felt that, and I've had that that conversation again uh, with friends, and I, I've, I've told them to say, hey, you know, you can also just really enjoy the the kung fu fights and still, yeah, right, they're great, like, exactly. Like it's 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 great fight choreography, but you can also see, uh, you, the the people who see something more in it are able to enjoy it just on a different level. It doesn't mean their level is better than yours. It just means it's 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 different. They see it differently and you both enjoy it the same. So you can actually should be able to come together on that uh, point that you both just really like love the films you yeah. know, except for whatever reason. But um Hilly Bridges, where can uh where can people pick up um begin transmission? It is available absolutely everywhere for pre-order right now. It comes out on June 27th. You can get it at Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You could order it from your local bookstore. Uh, all you really need is the title. Uh, and you can, yeah, begin transmission. The Trans Allegories of the Matrix is the full title. And yeah, you can get it anywhere. Okay. I'm gonna, uh, I have uh, Amazon affiliates. So I'm actually going to post uh, my affiliate link to, to pick up the book. It's going to be on the website and the 
description for uh, for this episode when it comes out. And oh, thank you so much. Uh, well, absolutely, I'm definitely going to encourage people to buy because I really, again, I really enjoyed the book. I really, I, I also enjoyed having the, the, the time to read it because I liked um, both uh, reading the book and watching the films and kind of going back and forth between the yeah. two. And it's so well uh, detailed on the things that you see that not only it allowed me to see things in a different in a different way, but it allowed me to again it just enhanced the experience for me. So I again I, I, I thank you before I'm thanking you again for it. But um, you're very kind. Oh, uh, thank you very much. But uh, also, uh, Tilly Bridges, if you wanted anyone to follow you on um, social media, where can they find you? I am at Tilly Bridges on Twitter. I'm at Heckia Tilly Bridges on Instagram. I'm at Tilly Bridges on most uh, social media platforms that I'm on. Uh, if you are interested in uh, the screenwriting that I do as part of a team with my wife, you can find all of that at birdguest.com. And if you are interested in the writing that I do about trans issues, which is where uh, this book began, um, I've got over 100 essays that are all free and they're all archived up at tillystranstuesdays.com. So if you want to learn about trans stuff, uh, there's so much there for everybody. Even there's a whole section just for cis people. Uh, and there's a whole like trans 101 section if you don't understand anything about trans people, but you'd like to and have questions. So um, there's there's tons of information out there for you to check out if that's a thing you want to do. All right. Well, um, Tilly Bridges, thank you again. The book is uh, Begin Transmission. Uh, <coughs> trans allegories of the matrix uh i again i really enjoyed it i'm gonna thank you again uh, for being on the podcast and i would love to speak to you again uh <laughs> well thank you so much for having me and i'd be happy to come back anytime you're lovely thank you so much i appreciate it once again i want to thank tilly bridges for being on superpowered fancast this week um begin transmission the trans allegories of the matrix it will be available for purchase on Amazon and Barnes and Noble on the 27th. I absolutely recommend you giving it a read. It's a it's a great book for anyone that's a fan of the of the Matrix films. Um, as always, you can find me online uh, at superpoweredfancast.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at superpoweredfan. Uh, we even have a Facebook group. If you go to Facebook and look up Superpowered Fancast, you can find us there. If you want to follow uh, Tilly Bridges, you can uh, find out more about her and her work at her official uh, website, birdquest.com. You can follow her on uh, Twitter, at Tilly Bridges. And once again, for Superpowered Fancast, this is Darren, signing off, and I'll see you next time.